Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the State News Sports Podcast. I am your host, Sam Metry. With me today again, the football beat reporters, Suichi Tirada, Colton Wood. On Monday, we broke down um, the, the we had a Michigan Reaction Podcast. I encourage you all to go check it out if you haven't heard it yet. Me and Suichi did a great job talking about it, but we haven't heard Colton's thoughts on the Michigan game. Colton, what are your biggest takeaways from that game, that upset? Well, this obviously wasn't a game that you know the Spartans were going to win, but they came in knowing that they were going to have to run the ball against the number one Russian defense in the nation. They did that. I mean, they did a pretty good job of that. Um, there's still work to be done there. You know, they had this a couple of uh, issues with injuries, with Scott being considered nicked up and not playing, but he could have played in an emergency. And uh, Gerald Holmes leaving with that ankle, um, but then came back, and Marjorie London led the way there. But um, that was a key part of the game, to be, being able to run, especially with the rain came. You know, it was a monsoon conditions out there. Uh, that was definitely that, and then the takeaways. Two fumble recoveries and three interceptions. That was a big part in that, and being able to do that, and that definitely turned the whole game around there. If it wasn't for that first turnover, that whole I'm pretty sure that Michigan would have blown it out. Yeah, I mean, like, we talked about how we mentioned turnovers, it seems like, every single week, but this time was the first week that we actually mentioned it as a positive because the defense has actually taken over turnovers, but almost as importantly, Michigan State held out of that ball in that rain. Um, how so? How bad? We so we talked about the weather a little bit, but how bad did you think it was from the press box? I think it was. I mean, it was almost could have swam in a pool in the the end zones. There, it was. I mean, it was pretty bad. You know, it led up near the end where you know it didn't seem like it was raining, but that was just because we were so used to seeing it just going down downpour. I thought it was like I wouldn't be able to hold on the ball. We saw multiple drops, you know, and you can't really can't even be mad about that, but. uh you know, it was, it was definitely, I wouldn't want to be out there. All right, so for a full Michigan Reaction podcast, check out the old archives. We've got it. We put it out Monday morning. Um, it's a great listen, but we're going to get right into Minnesota. Big game this week, night game at Minnesota. What are you guys looking for? What are your biggest expectations for this game? I mean, I kind of called, been calling this a trap game, big game that they've come off of. And then Minnesota is a team that hasn't really done that great this year, but with P.J. Fleck, I could see this being his like big statement win of the year. Like, okay, yeah, I didn't do that great this year, but I beat a, a, a good Michigan State team. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, certainly when I talked to people at practice the other day, they were talking about how they're not considering a trap game. And, you know, Brian Werke admitted, he was like, you know, it certainly crossed my mind. I, I don't want to lie about anything. So that part there was, you know, you you gotta think this is a trap game, honestly. You know you have that such a big win, but the team doesn't seem like they're they're celebrating the win too much. You know they said they had that twenty four hour period where they can celebrate the win and everything. But I think the key to this, you know, Minnesota, you know they kind of fairly stack up, you know, in terms of what they're doing. Um, but I think the key would be getting to the defense or uh, the quarterback. You know they're they're averaging they have one sack on the year. I wrote an article about it. They're averaging .2 a game, two sacks a game. So being able to define their weaknesses and get to that quarterback because he throws that ball off so well, and uh, it, that's just going to be the really key to this game. Yeah, I think, was it, Minnesota's allowed one sack this one year? Sack, yeah. Only one sack, yeah. And, I mean, Michigan State's – their defensive line has improved so much from last year. They've already got 13, on the, 13 sacks on the year compared to the 11 all of last year. So I, it's going to be – I think that's a fun test to see, like, exactly – how good this young Spartan defense is. I think it'll be an interesting test. Um, I mean, just without the weather conditions, obviously it'll be nice to sort of see, like, okay, halfway through the year, where are them? Just because, I don't know, the Michigan game with that weather was a little bit of a fluke. I don't want to say fluke, but, like, it's a lot of outside circumstances. Michigan's still a good football team. I think they were a little overranked, but, I don't know, I'm excited to see how State does against the team with just sort of, like, 
even playing field, even conditions. Um, Suishi, what are you excited to look at this week? Um, yeah, just like Colton mentioned, that well, I, I personally want to see how this young MSU team does respond. But another thing that Antonio stressed was that I want to say he he said on Tuesday that MSU is eight and two after uh, Michigan the week after. So that's that's really important to kind of take note of. Um, yes, the Michigan game was important, and I wrote that column a couple weeks ago, and I will back myself up in the sense that Michigan. The Michigan game is important for MSU fans, for MSU, the university as a whole, beating them. That was obviously seen, you know, last weekend when they did. But at the end of the day, that was just another game. And so, yeah, I think Michigan, holistically, for this whole season, was 1 out of 12 games. And D'Antonio's squad has done a really good job of just bouncing back. Not from necessarily a win or loss, but just tempering those emotions, tempering all those expectations of just, you know, one win or loss. And applying it to the rest of the season, so um, I'm very intrigued, honestly, to see how MSU responds. I mean, Minnesota isn't a good team. Like, who who exactly have they played this year that you're like, wow, they they played this team? Is it gonna? I mean, they played what three Power Five opponents? One of them is Oregon State, whose coach just left. Just Mary, left, by the way. Yeah, it, it just, wasn't quit. Wasn't left. left. Did you see that he left all that money? Yeah, he had like he sixteen like, million dollars on the table, and was like, "Yeah, no, I'm good." Just like, "Yeah, I'm good." So that's, I mean, if that doesn't props to that guy for like yeah. having the integrity to like not take that money. But if that I mean, show, I, like, yeah, I'm not so. leaving sixteen million dollars on the table. I think that's what the number was. Yeah, I think it was at least double digit million, which is uh, it just left. It, just, it wasn't taking another job. Like not, just, mm, all right, I'm having a hard time. It's like. There's also no whip of scandal, weirdly. Yeah. He just yeah. was like, you know what, I can't do this job. I, I and did, like I, you shouldn't have to pay me. And I was like, yeah. you know, more more coaches should be like that. Yeah, I did see though that he was texting like a reporter for like a newspaper and then like they released or something, they released those texts. I'm sure it was by like, you know, he's obviously gone so it doesn't really matter, but he was like blah blah blah, I hired the wrong coordinator, it's like this is my fault and he was he took uh, it with grace apparently. Like that's kinda of the vibe I got. I might be wrong. I don't know. I just I don't like it when yeah, coaches throw their coordinators under the under the bus. No, no, he wasn't. He oh, was he like, wasn't. Okay. He, he was blaming himself for like, oh, hiring those okay. bad coordinators and putting people that shouldn't have been in those positions. At least that's the vibe I got. Right. Some people might have been in between the lines differently, just because like the texture were a little bit sparse. But that's kind of the vibe I got. But kind of really back into this matchup. But yeah, so Minnesota has played five Power Five opponents, or three, excuse me, three Power Five opponents: Oregon State, Maryland, and Purdue. And, I mean, Oregon State isn't good. They lost to Maryland, who's on their third or fourth string quarterback. And Purdue, all respect to them, they have looked good this year. Purdue's looked pretty good. Yeah, but we don't know if, but, like, MSU has played arguably three opponents that are better than Purdue. Iowa, Notre Dame, and Michigan. So, there is more to be learned from Michigan State than, you know, Minnesota. Just because we, I mean, Minnesota has lost to a couple of Big Ten schools, like, middling Big Ten schools. So, I'm not sure. I agree. I mean... I don't know who's on this Minnesota team. Yeah. I I can't tell you the name of the quarterback. I can't tell you the name of the running back. I can't tell you the name of the best defensive player. They do have good running backs. They, they do. I I, I, I think I remember that they have a good running backs. back committee, yeah. but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know exactly who it is. The only thing I know about that team is that it's PJ Fleck's first year there. Yeah. So, and yeah. I mean, I I just really truthfully don't know anything about this team. And then, um, I mean, Minnesota starting a quarterback, Connor Rota, who is a fifth year senior, but I believe going into the season he was never the starting quarterback and. Well, I mean, when I was talking to the Minnesota Daily guy, he, it's very evident to see that he's very inexperienced on the center. And, and you, I mean, you don't want that out of a fifth-year senior. I mean, yes, he might know the system, but does he really? Because he's had, I want to say, three co- head coaches. Yeah, he probably was recruited by Jerry Kill, and then there yeah, was another guy in the middle. Yeah. Oh, his name escapes me. To be honest. 
Yeah, um, he wasn't there for that long. He was there for, I believe, a season, and then he got canned, and everyone was like, oh, why did he get canned? But um, I can look yeah. up real quick. Um, but yeah, Colton, what, are you, what else are you looking at for... It was Tracy Clay's. Tracy Clay. That was just, he was. I mean, they they had a successful season in twenty sixteen, but that was one. Season. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. They were nine and four. Um, they beat Washington State in the Holiday Bowl, so that was a pretty good year last year. But then, you know, obviously this year they're they're not off to a very good start. Yeah, Colton. What else? What else are you looking at? We've talked about Michigan State's defense, but what on the offense? What do you think they have to do? I think that you know this. I'm looking really in how they respond from that game from um, last week. Uh, how they run the ball? Will they run the ball as efficiently? Who's gonna get that? You know, Mark Dantonio said that the hot hand isn't here yet because we've said that beating the dead horse with that too. That word there, the hot hand. But um, he said it's not here yet, but it's coming. So how they run the ball? Who runs the ball? Who takes the bulk of carries? Is it gonna be Madre London? What is Scott gonna play? Um, that's gonna be something that I'm gonna see. How is Brian Lewerke going to continue his performance? Is he going to fall in pressure, or is he going to keep going and keep building on what has been a, a pretty good season for him in Preston? Yeah, I talked about this in the last show, but his his decision-making to me has just improved so much throughout the year in terms of just having no fear. Just, you know, I'm going to tuck and run. I'm not going to throw this ball up there. And he didn't throw an interception, a monsoon, which if you would have told me that Michigan State was going into a monsoon where the game would basically be unplayable on offense for second half, I would have been like, okay, so we probably had three or four turnovers, and Michigan had probably had the same, but to come out of that game with zero turnovers was just so impressive to me just in those conditions. It's just his ability to to kind of check down, whether it be a receiver or realize, okay, there's nothing open in here, but here's a pocket, I'm, or here's a there's a hole in the, in the, uh, on the line, I'm going to go run through it. I think that's key. And, you know, to be able to have a quarterback that can throw and then can also – if a play breaks down, run is key. I mean, he's not he's not a running quarterback that can throw. He's a quarterback that can run. So his ability to do that is really key. And then also, you know, it kind of sets up, you know, that the play action. It sets up the option. It opens up the playbook, being able to have that quarterback that can do all that stuff, whether it be he's on the run or he's doing a play action or he's doing a, like a triple option play or something like that. Along those lines, it's just him being able to do that has really helped this team. Yeah. Um, I was really, really impressed by that drive, that the drive they scored the second touchdown of the game, the, the Michigan game, where they just sort of marched on the field. They had that great catch by Cordell Stewart. Daryl Stewart. Daryl Stewart, Stewart excuse me. Um, and then this, that screen pass. I thought that was just a very well-scripted drive. It was, I, was it, it was like 12 plays, I think. I don't know. But it was a long, extended drive in not great conditions that I was really, really impressed by the Michigan State offense on. Um, so anything else you guys looking at for this weekend you're curious about, want to keep an eye on? Um, not necessarily. I do, like you guys mentioned, I do want to see how this MSU offense plays from the standpoint that they finally get to do a little bit more. I mean, they, they went ultra-conservative. That, that's been well-documented against Michigan, but, you know. You almost had to, though. Yeah, 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 for sure. But, like, nobody really knows how good this MSU offense still is. I feel like we've been talking about that for the last few weeks in the sense that oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's been kind of giving them excuses. Oh, you know, Iowa's playing good. They're kind of relying on the defense yeah. a little bit. Iowa, you know, the, uh, they, um, what was I going to say? Uh, the wide um, receivers are really young. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. They've been kind of getting excuses, but, I mean, I, the MSU football team won't make those excuses. Right. They, they've, been, they've been saying, like, yes. if you're on the field, you should be a playmaker. This isn't, this isn't anything about youth or anything like that. Like, if you're on the field, you're expected to contribute. 
And, uh, you know, a lot of guys have been been able to do that, like a Daryl Stewart, you know, he's still technically an underclassman. However, you know, amid all those excuses, how they play these next few weeks, I mean, I talked about this with you on uh, for a Michigan podcast, these next few weeks are the most crucial. Minnesota, Indiana, Northwestern. They're, these are games that you need to win. These, these are the games that you win if you're a top 25 team in the nation, quite boldly. Yes, you might slip up in one of those, but if you if you want to be if you want to go back to those glory days of 2013-15, then you you win these next three games. These are very winnable games, no doubt about it. I mean, MSU has shown that they're very talented, but yeah, these are games that you know. Good programs don't lose games like this. Yeah, good programs. Which is Michigan State is a good program. Yeah. I think that they just sort of suffered a little bit from a lack of expectations, just because of how bad last year was, and I think yeah. that last year was. I'm going to call it an aberration just because there was so much off-the-field stuff. You were sort of in between quarterbacks, it felt like. That team just... Yeah. That team wasn't... That, that was just an odd year. It was just an off yeah. year. And I think that this this year and then, then 2013 through 2016 is the more the Michigan State program that you sort of expect to see and should expect to see from now on out. I think that this team sort of had such low expectations just because they were young. But now yeah. they've... They're in a really good spot to do some damage in the Big Ten. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're two and zero now. These win these next three games, they'll be five and zero. And then you and got who, a huge matchup: Penn State at home. Penn State, Penn State at home. That's a huge November. And we touched up on this a little bit before, but November fourth, that's the first game in November. MSU plays against probably at least a top ten team in the nation. There, Penn State might slip up, but if they don't, if they don't slip up there, that's first game in November. That's the month that D'Antonio stresses every year. I mean, he's talked about it all season this year, about bouncing back, all that kind of stuff, but he, he and his coaching staff, his team, are looking at the season in phases, and that's the final phase right before you. The Big Ten Championship game, the bowl games, all that kind of stuff. That's the final phase of the season where you really grind down, and you play some Big Ten football in freezing cold in November. Yeah. And that's that's when we'll really see what this MSU team is made of. I think we'll learn a little bit more these next few weeks, I think, this, and not in the sense of are they good or bad, I think they're a good team, but you'll learn what that MSU team is made of mentally in that Penn State game, and if that if that isn't exciting to you as a fan, then I don't know why you're watching college football, that's, you know, yeah, that's, it's, what, that's why you watch. That's, that, I mean, assuming Michigan State takes care of business in these three games, which yeah, they should. I'm just saying they for should. podcast's sake, obviously one game at a time, but we have to look forward, that's kind of our job, but... I would assume that that's a t- that's a top ten matchup between those two teams, right? Mm, I would say top fifteen. I mean, you don't think really we know. you don't think Michigan State will creep into the top ten with three straight wins after this? I I think they should. Colton, you don't think so? No, I don't I think do. they should. But uh, I mean, I'm rankings sure are just weird. Will. Yeah, rankings are weird. They're all you know. It's all about just like yeah. you know, you like people complain about Michigan being ranked higher than Michigan State, but at the end of the day, you're not going to rank the previously top that team. Under an unranked yeah. team, all of a sudden. That's I honestly don't think rankings ratings don't to me don't matter until Yeah, exactly. And and who knows? Like I believe the college football playoff rankings will be off by then. So from that metric, yeah. When does I that start? Say, I don't know what that says. I want to say that like week like eight. eight? Or something, yeah, I think it's week eight. Like that. So yeah, I mean those those rankings are gonna take a priority over the AP poll rankings. And then we saw last year um, when Penn State was ranked number ten in the nation, but in the AP poll they were like number seventeen, and everyone was like well, what happened here. So we never know what's going to happen with the rankings. I mean, the CFP does their own little thing, and we never know what's going to happen. But if college game isn't here in East Lansing, I mean, what are they doing? But we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. It'll be interesting. I'm excited. All right, let's move on to the picks. Quick update. I am in the lead at 7-5. and five. 
and Suichi and Colton Wood are tied at six and six each. That so basically, what we've learned is that neither none of us are allowed to go to Vegas. Uh, until we get better at this, none of us are allowed to go gamble. I have a buddy in Vegas, so I might just go for a Okay, well that be just, that just might be fun. But <laughs> if you're actually going to go try and make money, I would try this out a little bit longer <laughs> until you figure it out. Uh, especially if you keep taking Rutgers. Um, so we're going to start with Penn State Northwestern. Penn State's a 14.5 point favorite. It's Penn State at Northwestern. Um, oh wait, no, this is the wrong paper. I'm that sorry. Is the wrong paper. There we go. That was last week. Week. Penn State is on a Yes, that week. was my fault. I grabbed the wrong. I grabbed last week's paper. All right, we're gonna start with Michigan, Indiana. Michigan is a seven and a half point favorite. Who you guys got? We're going Michigan. You're going Michigan. We're going Michigan. Seven and a half point favorites. I'm gonna go with Indiana. Indiana. I think. All right, I am also going Michigan. I think that they're gonna try and salvage the rest of the year, and they gotta sort of. Bear down. I think that they still think they can make the the win the Big Ten East. Yeah, I mean they're, but, they're still players. Which they can, but Michigan is absolutely they, still players. Yeah, and I think Indiana I don't think though. Indiana's not. I don't think Indiana's not that good, but we'll see. Yeah. So do you think Indiana's gonna win, or do you just think they're gonna cover? I think, I think it's gonna be like a six-one game. I think it's gonna be like six-one, well, six-point game. Oh, okay. Six-one. Oh God. The the. the I almost Big fired Ten, you. The, the Big Ten. Um, I think they'll cover. I think it'll be a six-point game. I don't think. I mean, you know, it's at home. So we'll see if they disappoint me or not. Next game, Maryland, three and a half point favorites over Northwestern. <sighs> Northwestern is going to cover this one. Yeah, I was Maryland favorite. I'm also going to go Northwestern. <sighs> I don't yeah, I'm going to go with Northwestern. Yeah, I think that one's pretty easy, but who knows. Um, all right, Ohio State, 24 and a half point favorites over Nebraska. Sweetie, you're up first. Thank goodness. I always pick against Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> I, might do it, I might do it again just because. Keep the keep uh, the train going. Weird things happen at night in the Big Ten West. You're talking weird yourself into things, picking against Ohio State three weeks weird in Weird things happen at night in the Big Ten West. This isn't Rutgers at home. This isn't Rutgers <laughs> on the road at night. I mean, when they they got spanked by Michigan last. This is this is Nebraska, and I mean MSU fans should know Nebraska in a down year in Lincoln is not to be messed with. So I'm gonna go with Nebraska. Wow. I don't. If Ohio State proves me wrong, I'll be very impressed. They've had some quality wins these last few weeks. They've demolished every team they've, they've had played. Some quality team, quality wins. But I'm just right, saying. I'm going with Ohio State. Yeah, me I'm too. Play <laughs> and I'm putting way too much faith in Nebraska. Yeah, that's Ohio State easily. Um, wow, this game you could not pay me to watch. Rutgers versus Illinois. Ugh. I'm looking at it right now. I'm just like I don't. Illinois three point favorites. Gee, I'm going Illinois. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Illinois. I'm going Rutgers. I think they get one Big Ten win this year. And this is this is their best chance. This is this is their. And this, this is an awful game though. Who, this is who who thought this was going to be a good idea? Honestly, like who is going to tune in to watch this game? Like I mean, we could talk about six dollars. Yeah, it's on BTN. Honestly, I'm going to look up ticket prices for this just because. I could that's spend. Absurd. I would spend two dollars for this game, and that better be on the fifty yard line. This bet gets. Dude, I mean, we, we could spend an entire podcast talking about the additions of Rutgers in Maryland and like whether or not that was a good idea. But I think that the answer now is clearly that that was a terrible idea. Just for Rutgers, the, at least. Well, I mean, no, just for the Big Ten Conference in general. Just like why add these two teams, considering that like they made that decision in the old cable market. You know what I mean? Like they made that decision. Oh, okay, you got the ticket prices. You can get ten dollars tickets on the opposing sidelines at like the twenty. It's about the same much as a beer. Goodness. Jeez. This is a bit A beer and a ticket for $20. Oh my goodness. Alright. 
Moving on. Oh, wait, did we all make picture that one? No, I'm the only one. I picked Rutgers. Who did you pick, Suiji? I'm going to go with Illinois. Illinois? Who you got, Colton? Illinois. Illinois? All right. Uh, next game we got Wisconsin, 17-point favorites over Purdue. Purdue's good. I saw... I was looking at one of the Vegas odds. They have odds on who's going to be the coach of Tennessee next year. They don't even have odds on who the first coach is going to be fired just because they've assumed it's Butch Jones. <laughs> um, but yeah. Jeff Brown was like one of the na- one of the people who had odds. Yeah. I'm so I mean, one year at Purdue. I don't know. We'll see. You can apply. You can apply for the um, the head coach job at Ole Miss. Yeah, it's true. It's like really? a legitimate. It's like a legitimate page on their like staff. I might do that. I'm I'm doing. I'm doing that. It's incredible. And then then the funniest part about it is the salary is like blah 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 based on like accolades. And then the the schedule. It's like they're gonna pay me like ten grand. They're gonna pay like less miles, three point two million. The schedule says Monday through Friday, sometimes weekends. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) oh my god, I saw that and I'm like, yo, this is. Someone had way too much fun in the athletic department, and I like and I respect it. Yeah, we should do it because why not? I'm, I'm gonna take Purdue for this. You're taking Purdue. I'm taking Purdue. All right. Take Purdue, Purdue as well. Purdue again? Alright. Um Wow. I'm gonna go Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin's really good and I think that they wanna finally make the I think that they're sitting in Wisconsin just wondering like why haven't we made the playoff yet? Why why haven't we won the Big Ten champ? You know what I mean? I think that they're one of the teams that has been like, we are just as good as the rest of the teams of the Big Ten East, even though we don't get talked about it as much. I think that they're gonna they're on a mission this year, I think. So I have Wisconsin, you guys have Purdue. All right, Michigan State's last. This line surprised me. I thought it was a little bit low. Who are you um, minus four right now for MSU? MSU four and a half. Four and a half now. So um, it's creeped up a little bit. Creeped up, night up game. Now. But yeah, you know, when, when I saw that, when I saw this game, I was thinking that seven and a half, because I don't think that this game's going to be under seven points. It is also a home game, though. Like, MSU would be double the challenge dogs as far as stadium. But obviously they're not, so it, it changes a little bit. So MSU four and a half. Colton, who do you have? Michigan State. Michigan State, yeah, Suichi. I'm gonna have to go MSU here. I think this is absolutely a trap game. I think that the chances of MSU losing are higher than people might expect. But I also believe that Antonio is gonna have his team ready just because they're they're not. If they have a letdown week the week after Michigan, like they're gonna be really mad. Like yeah. that's unexcusable. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's been we talked about this being a trap game. Um, earlier and I honestly think that there's no such thing as trap games anymore <laughs> because the second Monday or Tuesday rolls around and it's actually like it might actually be a trap game you start hearing oh is this a trap game is this a trap game which then once you start hearing that then you're just like, it th- well, defeats the purpose of a trap game yeah. so I think that because trap games now get such, such attention that they go away yeah also making like, them up, like not important MSU's next opponent isn't like very noteworthy in the sense that like it's not Penn State Ohio State yeah. I think Northwestern has more trap game potential we don't know what time that game is going to kick off yet it does like a new in between homecoming and yeah. Penn State right in Penn State yeah I think that's like kind of that's, that's, more, that's trappy. more of a trappy trap game yeah than this game I think we're just saying it's a trap game just because it's the week after Michigan. Yeah, and, and it was Michigan a huge upset. such like a precedent but yeah. when I spoke to the, the players yesterday or uh on Tuesday, they were talking about how, you know, when I kept bringing up, you know, if they consider this a trap game or not or whatever, they were talking about how Mark D'Antonio has been putting on 8-2 and two posters all around, you know, the practice area and everything, harping on if they're 8-2 and two after the Michigan game. So, I mean, all of them besides Lewerke admitted that, you know, they're not really considered as a trap game. Lewerke, as I said earlier in the podcast, said that, you know, he thought about it, but, you know, I don't, he's not really considering it one, um, 
I think that you're right in the sense of the, if you keep repeating it over and over, they're getting the mindset of, oh, okay, we're going to be prepared for this. And I don't think I think Michigan State will win by two possessions at least. Yeah, I think this well, is a two possessions. Yeah, I okay. think this is a ten point win. Oh, okay, yeah, I guess it's like a ten point win. Yeah, I I yeah if hypothetically if I knew someone who could help me place a bet in Vegas, I would take Michigan State easily. Yo. Um, so that's it for this week on the picks. Just a reminder, I am in the lead, and I'm going to say that as many times as I can because I don't know if that's going to continue to stay. I'm going to lead by one game, I'll admit. But I'm the only person who's got a positive record. Sure. All right. Check us out on statenews.com. We've got some great stories on the men's basketball team. They had media day the other day, so we've got a bunch of coverage on that team. Um, Stick us with this weekend, and men's hockey has their first game on Saturday. That's true, Friday and Saturday. Friday and Saturday? Yeah. So we'll have coverage on that. Men's soccer took a loss last night to West Virginia, a big upset, but they're still number one in the NCAA RPI and number six, I believe, in the coaches' rankings, although that'll change on Tuesday after this loss. They play this weekend as well. We'll have coverage throughout this weekend. So check out statenews.com, and always, and as always, thanks for listening.